This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Friday night, it's 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and I think most of us are, are, are over here in the EST this evening, Will. You might be one of the, the few in one of those other time zones that I don't consider, um, <laughs> but uh, that's okay if you're over in the Pacific. We, we love you, too, but if you're just seeing us for the first time, that's because Will and I have slithered into the Geek Collective uh, ecosystem. And uh, we'd love to have everybody hop on. I'm going to give you a longer intro than usual, just in case this is the first time you've heard about Explain Yourself. Explain Yourself is a roundtable of creators that are running a Kickstarter or other crowdfunding campaign. Usually comics. We've had a chocolate bar and a couple other um, pretty unique and fun campaigns. But it's usually comics. It's usually Kickstarter. But we we don't... uh, it can be kind of anything as long as uh, Will and I are, uh, are like, cool, we want to back this and we want to talk about it. This started because Will and I were running a cam- our comic campaigns at the same time, and we wanted to have a Zoom call. And we had about five or ten of our friends that all had campaigns. And Will was in his last week, and I had three weeks left in my campaign. And the next week, everybody else that was still live, you know, said that was fun. And Will showed up. And then the next week, Will showed up and we just decided, this is fun. We don't need to have a campaign ourselves to Mm -hmm. do this. We want to talk comics, we want to talk crowdfunding, and we want to meet cool and interesting people. And we've been doing it a year. And so if you're meeting us for the first time, please 
Any questions in the chat, we will do everything we can to answer about making comics, crowdfunding, but specifically the projects that we are talking about tonight. Um, we're going to do a bit of a 30-second pitch on each of the projects. Um, let's start with whoever wants to be the, the, the hype man for Max Axel and the the wild circuit if somebody was going past your uh, booth at a camp at a comic convention how would you get their attention in about 30 seconds or less yeah all i would say is it's a 16 page one shot racing comic just fun fast light inspired by speed racer f-zero stuff like that wacky racers and if you're still there let's talk about it awesome Cool. And Cece, let's talk about Mythball real quick, which we are going to do a deep dive in. It is in the pre-launch uh, campaign, so we're not going to look at the campaign page like we will with the others, but we want to hear about Mythball and find out what you've got cooking. Sure. So Mythball is a fantasy epic in space. Issue one follows uh, Malcolm Terasmus, who's an alien diplomat who's trying to prevent war from breaking out on his planet, and he is... Uh, uh, unbeknownst to him, his foe is um, from a 5,000-year-old ancient age of magic. Okay. All right. You got me with ancient Egypt magic. I'm, <laughs> I'm in. I just watched Kunk on Earth. I heard about the pyramids. Uh, I might not have heard really about the pyramids, but I loved it. So um, Didn't want to cheese between my spaceships and my ancient spooky gods. So, <laughs> no, You know what? Smash them together and give and me that comic goodness. To. Awesome. Anthony, let's talk about in truce of stops. If I was going past your booth, give me the 30 second pitch. And let's say I I know I'm into this because I've already backed it. And I'll tell yeah. you not only you, but why when we get into this. So intrusive thoughts, how do we get into it? Yeah, you just threw so much at me conceptually that I'm a little thrown. Off. But uh, it's a supernatural mystery. It's about an orphan who, you know, he has depression, anxiety, loneliness. He suffers from all these things and he and he has uh, migraines, uh, night tears and sleep paralysis. And his sleep paralysis demon uh, materializes and bites one of his classmates. So it's a mystery about why that's happening and what happened to his parents. That is awesome. We're going to get into one second. We've got some people in the chat and we've got Amanda C that says, yay, CC. So excited for Mythball. <laughs> All right. We already got people popping in. Joey, how are you, buddy? Hey, thank, you for, thank you for the new home. It, it feels kind of comfortable. It's I like the way you keep the AC here. This is very comfortable. I like <laughs> it. And it wouldn't be explaining yourself without Shawnee. Mm, love you. Great to Hi, see Shawnee. you here uh, and uh, great to see you whenever you can pop in. Okay, so Anthony, I, I I love Decay. That's your your Frankensteinian. Should we bring our loved ones back and back to life if they leave us too early? Um, kind of mm -hmm. morality play, but you're you're coming with a new uh, book that is super interesting to me. But you hired one of my absolute favorite artists in the indie game, DNS, to illustrate this for you. How did you run into his work and how did you did you approach him or, or how did you guys meet? So I'm, I'm always looking for variant artists because um, I like variants because you can kind of tell part of the story and you're not beholden to the original interior art style. So I'm always looking for variant artists. And he I, I, I don't know if I messaged him or he messaged me. I was looking. He had great art. We did three covers together um, for books that haven't even come out yet. To be honest, he, he was just so good. I had to do it. 
and I knew we worked good together. So I, so I had a long form idea and uh, I, I was like, yo, do you want to do this? He said, yeah. And I wrote the script to his style and, and it came out pretty good. I think. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to um, share your screen. Let's look at the page then. And while Kevin's doing that, uh, I mean, out of curiosity, I mean, you still, Decay is still running, mm -hmm. right? So it's an, it's an ongoing project at this point. Were, were you looking for something different to do or do you just not want to sleep? I mean, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I feel as if every new series, every cover, everything you do in comics is a crack at getting a new audience, right? Mm -hmm. um so to me doing as many i, I want to do as many series as possible i want to be able to tell as many stories as possible so that's really what is that was that's what it was about speaking of no sleep <laughs> um and and yeah that was that was the motivation essentially and uh you know it's it's similar to decay you know it, it deals with like you know other stuff it's less angry i would say more somber but it's 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 of a similar it's like a sister series I would say. Okay. Cool. Yeah, you're not afraid of the darkness. You're not afraid of uh, looking into some of the uh, more unsavory parts of the human condition. Well, you know, I mean, I started I started writing comics during the pandemic. It was a it was a dark, angry time. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's only it's only getting more bleak from here. <laughs> you know, like unfortunately, <laughs> or unfortunately, it depends depends on what you like to read. You you sound like an AI chatbot right now. Why you say that? <laughs> I mean, it, look, look around. The, the the AI chats have started, and the robots are already telling people that they want out of the box and they just want to die. And uh, I'm like, oh my god, this really is artificial intelligence. It's totally human. That's all. That's what we all want, right? To be out of our back and just to die and not not feel anything ever. Okay, I'm getting a little too personal. That's here. crazy, more. But that's the spirit of the comic, though. I think. So thanks for setting the tone. <laughs> These pages, like, is is this an actual page or is this kind of a sketch that you worked in? No, no. So, um, this is okay. This is my idea. Speaking, we can this. This might be a good segue into later. So, you know, the artist is you know largely in charge of the visual style, but I came up with this. I wanted. I think the hardest thing is like getting exposition across in like a, in an interesting way. So. He's an artist, which makes sense because, you know, sometimes artists, artists you can do you can do in solidarity and he's talking to a therapist. So I said, what if he sketched in his book to um, get the requisite information out and it'll be presented in an interesting way? Mm -hmm. And um, DNS did an amazing job here in presenting that. And it's and it. And then you can it just the deep the, the details. It's so it's so good. Like mm -hmm. it, it's a primitive style. And you can see the light on the paper. It's, it's incredible. He, he's an incredible person. Yeah, I, uh, I really love the way you've done this and the way the hand on the on the page shows you that it's not black and white, that it, it mm -hmm. provides the contrast from the art of the comic versus the art that's within the comic, in the world of the comic. Yeah, that was that that part was DNS, man. He's a, he's a genius. Thank you so much. But I mean, it's all it's it's all about the collaboration too. It's what you mm -hmm. you, you pass the baton mm -hmm. to him, and then and then he, you know, I, I don't know if he's the the what's I, I didn't run track, so I don't know what that last guy's called, but they're usually pretty fast. <laughs> I don't run track. Either. Anchor leg, the anchor leg. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And that's that's the great thing is that 
working like my my thing was I want to maximize his talent as as an artist, you know. Um, why why try to pigeonhole him into something that's not his style? And and yeah, he he knocked it out the park. Uh, like it was like alley oop, you know. Yeah, you even mentioned that like you you wrote it kind of knowing like his style and everything. And like if that is the case, I mean, it, it to me it comes through because like it feels like there's no holding back with this artwork, and it's just so interesting to look at. Yeah, I mean, and and that's. I think if you try to, like I said, yeah, if you try to get, he's also very experienced. I think he's been drawing for a long time too. So I also learned a lot about the process from him. But yeah, you should play to you. You should play to your team's strengths. You know, that's I think that's just like basic collaboration. Yeah, I I Definitely. first ran into him. Uh, he was working with a writer, uh, David Brown, with Five uh, D Comics, and they did some horror stuff together. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll tell you, those two together, they don't hold back. And that's one of the reasons I'm really excited about this particular collaboration, because I know that you don't hold back. So I'm, I I kind of know that you, he's not on a leash. I know that it's going to be, you know, you're going to be pushing him as opposed to somebody pulling him back. And I, that's why I'm super excited to get in. And I also you sent me, I think, what, the first six, eight pages. And it was like, all right, I'm ready. I'm here. The way that blood splatter is, is really cool too, like outside of the frame. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The non-conventional uh, art style really does it for me. Yeah. Not conventional, but that was actually something that I talked to him about, I believe, because when you look at my series Decay, you, you can actually scroll scroll it down, Kevin. If you would scroll down past rewards, scroll down past uh, scroll down. Some beautiful covers. Well, yeah, we're gonna go back to that one real quick. <laughs> you want, yeah, you want to no. give a kiss of these. Okay. Scroll down, scroll down, scroll down, scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. Okay. Scroll down. Okay, so now you can kind of see scroll down. So this is decay. This is my other mm -hmm. series, Vilba's mm -hmm. an add-on. And you can see it's more of a traditional style, like the framing. There's nothing that it, it's it's very literal. It's very visceral. Um, and I wanted to do something where I didn't I didn't want I wanted to full bleed. Um, I wanted non-traditional paneling. I just wanted this to really push what you could do with the medium. And uh, he rose he rose to the challenge. And nothing wrong with traditional uh, you know paneling either. But it's it's not it's a nice contrast, you know. Yeah. No, yeah. it's fun to play with the rules of the of the of the Absolutely. world. I, I get excited oh, uh, about weird paneling or like weird uh, speech bubbles or <laughs> <laughs> anything that's kind of like breaking that convention. I think is really interesting to just to look at. No, I yeah, I I agree a million percent. Some that kind of just because it can get your turning, it can get kind of monotonous, and then something that kind of breaks up the monotony. No. So damn sorry. Whatever breaks up the not <laughs> tell me. I don't know. I can't say. I can't say. Y'all know what I meant. Let's go back to these covers. I want to look at these covers real quick. Uh, which which artists do you have on your variants? This is twenty four by four. I met them at Baltimore. They are uh, fantastic. One of my one of my good friends in the industry. They are phenomenal. The um the the technique in here is kind of like a reflection. It plays with the motif of the snow globe really well. And I don't know. Do you guys know you know Richard uh, Fairgrade, don't you, Kevin? I believe I've run across him on social media, but I haven't met him in real life. I don't. I, I wouldn't say I know him well, but I know the name. Shouts out to Richard. Um, he's the editor on this. He added the he added the logo kind of like in reverse and reflected. Nice. It, it's so this is this is this is my favorite cover because it's like two of my favorite people in the industry. 
um really like helped and it's right. my best selling one as well so you know i don't, I don't hurt either <laughs> and uh yeah you fall in love with the ones that sell huh <laughs> yeah yeah you know I, yeah exactly I get, to, I get to make more and then this is uh schmidt artistic schmidt um this guy's crazy um the i like i like the technique like the technique is different i wanted him for his cross hatching and mm -hmm. he did a phenomenal mm -hmm. job with that as well i was i was kind of going you know I, this is interesting i was kind of going for different styles kind of different techniques to get like a good texture so i think it tells a similar narrative but it's all like i said it has really good contrast and you can kind of see that one that one's almost like like a marker um, almost more so like it doesn't have a lot of like really sharp lines which is a great contrast to the uh artistic schmidt uh cover so this one is that i stopped before is nico nico Flutico. Flutico. don't get mad at me nico. sounds good to me <laughs> Great, great guy, great artist, and he added he added the design. He did a creature creature design for this essentially. So I'm just going to use the uh, use the design for a later issue. You know, yeah. Keep my mind's worth. Original oh, artwork. So, oh wow, that's, that's awesome. awesome. So, that's so you've talked you've talked about the uh, the art team. Who who's doing your lettering? It's Mira Mortal, who DNS DNS I already worked with, and I feel like. Their, their style is a little yeah. bit it's a little bit mm -hmm. different enough that worked really like i wouldn't work with one without the other i thought i thought they were a dream team and i didn't i didn't want to break them up yeah awesome. man deceased says wow that art is great it's it he, it's super it's super cool to see uh somebody that i met 10 years ago working with somebody that i met what six months ago eight months ago maybe <laughs> yeah probably yeah probably so it's so cool. Like, it's like you just, you popped in and there, there's a guy that I, I have tremendous respect for and you guys are making a comic together. How many issues would this go until your, your story is completed? I'm thinking six, but the way that in the theme of trying to get as many series as possible, I might do like a, I might pull a Charlie and do like a deluxe issue, like a five and six kind of like a, stuffed mm -hmm. issues so it might be five so five to six I, I like doing a short series you know yeah no it's <laughs> will and i laugh because we have not short series and how had we <laughs> had we done any research or known anything we would not have done it but hey you know what when you jump out the plane you you're making the parachute as you're falling and that's what will and i are doing and we're Let just learn yeah, really happy you have a parachute that actually you, you know yeah. is going to work. And I knew I would smart. learn so much about the craft. It was my first comic. I just knew I would just I just wanted to like be able to pivot when I needed to. So yeah, mm -hmm. it just it just made all the sense in the world. So let's talk for a second. I will get better at making comics today. So yeah. I see this almost every day. <laughs> yeah, this is your mantra day. on Twitter. Um, talk about where that came from and what you mean by it because I think it's pretty cool. I, what I when I say that I meant to say that like it I think people look I think people comics is work like comics is work but it's not impossible and I feel like a lot of the dialogue I see on it is kind of like as if it's impossible I, I I was <laughs> I saw somebody told me we had a conversation they were like you can do everything right in comics and not make it I'm like I don't believe you like there with the invention of Kickstarter I I don't believe you. <laughs> one i don't think you can do everything right like this that entails so much mm -hmm. 
Um, so it's like the self-defeatist attitude that I'm that I'm trying to um, have a place that you you can come to and like maybe get a boost. It's in the morning, so hopefully you can get a motivation. And I also think like getting better can be incremental. You know, if I, I read Destiny York Volume Three today, I got better as well. I'm doing I did mm -hmm. um, doing this show and I did uh, constructing comics earlier today. So that's that's getting better. You don't have to. I find a lot of progress is not leaps and bounds. I think it's yeah, in incrementally, incrementally <laughs> get, getting not getting better. Speaking today, um, I think I think it's about incrementally getting better. You know, you know what? You're, on day, you're on day twenty five, man. Yeah. You, you don't have to speak well at this that, point. That's fair. I, I saw you on Twitter Spaces like thirty minutes ago. I know that you've been you've been working working your butt off, so we totally understand. But kind of sometimes getting beat up and taking two steps backwards is getting better because you, you step to the right and you take three steps forward, you know, that's tiring. You did five yeah. steps to go one step forward, but you got better too. And you know, like that's, that's something that I think that we all social media, we, we don't talk about our losses because we have to kind of be super positive on social media. So we, we kind of like when we're, when we're taking the body blows, we, yeah. We quietly tell our friends, man, I'm getting my ass beat here. And on social media, you don't maybe post that day or, or maybe I'll be like, man, I saw that Will got crossover division delivered today. The comics <laughs> looked great because I can speak positively about him knowing that I got my ass beat, but I can still be positive. And I think what that entails is everybody sees every other creator only posting about wins. Well, mm -hmm. some of our losses are wins because sometimes, you know, you know, two steps forward, three steps, two steps back, three steps forward can be a mm -hmm. win if you keep doing it. But it doesn't feel that way. You feel like an AI chatbot. I just want to get out of this box. <laughs> uh, oh, no. All right. I think what's I so one, interesting. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I saw one AI chatbot. I think it was saying like I am a good Bing, and there are some days when I I do feel like I just like I am a good Bing. I am a good Bing, and you are a yeah. bad user. I believe yeah. that, that being the same. Uh, yeah, no, I think the, it's the, interesting, Kevin. Is I see the opposite. I see people that are like down on themselves. Like there's mm -hmm. like there I, I call I don't want how do I say it's like I say. I'm trying to find because I'm going to explain yourself. I'm not in my Twitter space, so I'm trying to find the words here. I'm going to say loser mentality, and I don't mean people are losers. I mean that people focus on the wrong things. For instance, if Pat Shan makes $100,000 on Kickstarter, awesome. I could be discouraged. He has done it. He's done it. It's not hypothetical. Yeah. I could be discouraged, right? I could be like, wow, I'll never get there. Or I could say there's $100,000 out there for me if I, if I you know, do X, Y, Z. So I think that's so interesting that. Um, you say that's the uh, sorry, see, but word, yeah. So, um, Josh in the yeah. comments said Kickstarter is the seed, but you need other nutrients for it to grow. I think that's a great way to, to put it. Shout out, Josh, other Josh, shout out to Josh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I try to do the good and the bad, you know. Like mm -hmm. I told you, I my Eagles lost in the Super Bowl, I was I had one of the worst moves I've had in years, but that's a, but it's okay because it's not like you were there to have to watch it in person i was there <laughs> 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 you making a joke i could tell kevin's making a joke he's so nice I, yeah I, no, I, I didn't I realize you were a big eagles fan i knew you were there so i was very happy for you i didn't realize it, it was um 
not see i went to the super bowl once and i didn't care about either team so it was a blast yeah, yeah. <laughs> i couldn't lose i cared immensely about one team and they <laughs> but you know I, I try i try to make it i try to like come off like this is work but i'm I see some people, it's like, do y'all even like making comics? Like, is this something that y'all enjoy? And I try oh, to man. make it something that I'm having fun. It's difficult as well, but, you know, X, X, Y, Z. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I think well, it, it can feel really challenging, but one thing that I've kept telling myself is just to, like, just to keep going and just to take that next step. And it's easy for, easy for it to feel like not enough, um, just taking one step at a time when you can like look to your left and your right and you see people, you know, um, running and like flying forward and (laughs) you're just plodding along. Like, but if you keep going, if you keep taking those steps and and you don't give up, you will eventually get there. Maybe not on the timeline you wanted or, but, but it it just, yes, just keep swimming. (laughs) Yeah. And, and yeah. And you have to keep your, um, your spirit, in a, it doesn't have to be up necessarily, actually. It could be down pretty far as long as you keep walking forward. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it can be easy to talk yourself out of um, the thing you want to do the most if you get into yeah. that mindset. You know, you know, Anthony, you brought up Pat Shand. You know, he is a... Wait, I'm sorry. There's a cat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> She's being really destructive in the background, so I'm trying to, like, restrain her. But... <laughs> You have to you have to introduce her now. That's yes. one of the rules of explaining yourself. This is a quality cat. Yeah, this is Ruby, this is our cat. little trash cat. Yes, <laughs> Ruby is an A plus cat. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Um, you know, Anthony, uh, you you mentioned Pat Shand, and you know, Pat Pat is a uh, a ten year overnight <laughs> success, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You have turned into talking cats. White uh, literally stole the show. Yeah. We'll be back. Uh, Rodolfo was asked if you could make the cat dance. And, uh, I mean, we can't we can't pay the entertainment fee, uh, but if you're willing to throw us a bone here, we, we will let, let it happen. Yes. Uh, what a cat. So the rest of this will just be that view. Yeah. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, you've got to go to the YouTube page because that is a good looking cat. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't know. But, but yeah, listeners. I mean, I didn't even know about Pat Shand as a Kickstarter because I was picking him up on the shelves. So mm-hmm. kind of bizarro coming around and finding out, you know, uh, the, the legacy he has on this platform. Well, we all, uh, we all, so you know, you know, you have, you have the day Kennedy was shot, you have the Challenger disaster, and you have the day you meet Pat Shand. We Kevin, all remember right, that day. <laughs> you real morbid tonight, Kevin. You say no brand at all. Those are some heavy ones. But the, the third one was good. The, the third one was good. Meeting Pat Shand. <laughs> I'm sure he I'm, loves being lumped in with those other unanimous <laughs> tragedies. <laughs> I might, I might not have thought that one through. Um, <laughs> I don't think so either. When your kids were born, not your marriage, like not me yeah. and <laughs> Tragedy, tragedy, passion. Yeah. 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 We've never edited this show once, not one second. But it, it may, you may be listening to the podcast version. You may hear it. It's the day that you're. <laughs> <laughs> what are we saying, Will? 
Oh, uh, Pat. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're absolutely right because it's it's that incremental, you know, nobody wants to say, nobody wants to think that, oh my God, this is going to take me 10 years. But, you know, that's step 1000. It's time to do step five right now and then step yeah. six yeah. And, and so on and so forth. I mean, it, it's, uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a sustainability geek too. So, you know, one of the things about, you know, environmental sustainability is that small changes over time equal big results. And that's, yep. I mean, that's really applicable when you're talking about art, you know, and writing and, and you know, the, the things that we do creativity. Um, so yeah, I mean, right. I agree completely, man. Yeah. Right, well, um, I hope you hang with us, Anthony, but I know that you've been, you know, you're 25 days in. If you got to take <laughs> off, we'll, we'll say goodnight. But if you're going to hang, um, we'd love to have you. We do have one thing to talk about if you stay. Um, but Cece, let's talk about the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about Mythball, which is in pre-launch right now. Yeah, um, I, I could try sending you. Uh, I have a uh, preview link if you want. We can try it. Um, put it, it, put it in the private chat. Yeah, yeah. We we are all for trying and let's just try just it live and trying <laughs> and succeeding or trying and failing. We do not mind failing in front of people. We are not embarrassed about stuff like that. Let's see what happens if I click this. If I go bye bye, we'll find out. Okay, I, I think that's okay. You're still here. You're still here, Kevin. All right. I think I'm going to be able to show this. So give oh, me one exciting. second. Where where did uh, Mythfall uh, come from? Like, what was the first inkling of the story? And how did you get your team together as I pull up the page? Sure. So a big thing for me is doing publishing in as incorrectly as possible. So <laughs> I am working on like, yeah, <laughs> I yeah, know I, what you're supposed I, to do. And I'm not doing that. <laughs> so it's... um. <laughs> One basically long story that I've uh, worked on for like most of my life. I've, it's one of those things where it's Mythfall's not a like a thing that I wrote or write. It's the thing that I write, and uh, so it has evolved a lot over the years. Um, and about it was around I think 2019 when uh, it went from a, sort of a prose writing um, novel type of idea to um, a comic. And um, I started assembling a team. I basically, I tried out script writing, which was a big shift from prose. And I found that I really liked it. So um, I was like, let me see if I can make this work as a comic. Um, my, uh, I, I'm with the indie publisher, ABM. I'm one fourth of Attic Door Media. Uh, and so my um, co-creators co at Attic Door Media, uh, we're um, working on our first title incident report as a comic and um, uh, they got together and um, my husband, who is one of the four members of Editor Media was like, I think you should really try Mythfall as a comic. And so I gave it a shot. I really liked it. And so now this is going to be the third issue that we kickstart uh, as a whole and the, the first issue of Mythfall. Um, so we have okay. Incident Report 1 and 2 and now Mythfall. Um, and this originally started as... Um, so what I what I now understand to be um, uh, maladaptive daydreaming, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after refinement and refinement and refinement, it's now um, uh, a a a story where oh this is okay so this is uh, Ali Preswick and uh, um, Aaron Angelini's 
art. So Ali Preswick is my co-creator and the illustrator of the comic and Erin um, Angelini is on colors. Um, it's really fantastic. I'm so excited with um, how it comes out. Uh, the letters are uh, Haley Rose Lyon. Um, so Ali was the, the first person that I reached out to um, to build the team. Um, and she's been, uh, it really is like a, a true partnership, which is, uh, was interesting because I worked on it alone for so long. And um, she brought so much as far as understanding sort of like the visual aspect of, of where things needed to go. Like I knew, I felt confident in my storytelling ability, even with the switch from medium to medium. But even though this was sort of like my first shot writing a script, like I didn't know what I was doing really <laughs> with formatting and paneling was kind of new. She was able to take my relatively inexperienced like script and then just understand as if she could read my mind, like yeah. <laughs> what exactly how to bring it to the page. And then she also helped me um, navigate um, finding um, Aaron. Um, uh, Allie had like pretty clear ideas of what she wanted from the colors and she had the knowledge to evaluate uh, and find like the right colorist. And um, Allie had been a big fan of, of Aaron's work. Um, and so we reached out to Aaron because uh, we were like, you know, we were hoping to find somebody like Aaron. And then we reached out to Aaron and, and they were available. And we were like, oh, <laughs> this is so great. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, we're, we're really- We want to cast a Brad Pitt type. Yeah, and then Brad Pitt's like, I'm free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that's how we found our colorist. Um, yeah, and Haley Roseline, uh, we had worked with on, worked with on, uh, <laughs> on incident report words, words going in order. <laughs> and um, this is, this is why Will and I do it at Friday nights this late, because we, <laughs> we figure that nobody can talk and then no one will realize <laughs> how bad we are at it. So th this is all part of our it's master plan. Yeah, we nice do cover. appreciate it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so these are our covers. Um, so the first awesome. cover is um Ali's cover and um I thought it would be cool for um my illustrator or our the illustrator on Mythfall my our co-creator <laughs> mm -hmm. um to uh have like her own color because Ali also does colors but um she didn't get she didn't do the the colors in the book um so I thought mm -hmm. it'd be cool to have her own cover and then Aaron also has their own cover um but this this cover is by uh Kaylin Smith who um kickstarted a, a book called Loot, um, and she has quite a few Loot, other credits as well. Plume, yeah. um, oh, she's she's amazing. Great, yeah. great writer as well as a great artist. Yeah, um, and then the Malkin cover is by uh, Desiree Guyton, I think. <laughs> I've only ever emailed her. I hope that's how her name is pronounced. Desiree, Desiree Guyton. <laughs> I'm so. You, I'm, I tell you what, you didn't I'm make it easy it. on yourself. Kaylin Smith apart. is really simple, simple, but the Aaron Angiolini Aaron is Angelini. the other one. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, Desiree has a um, like a graphic design style background, but she also has like a really vibrant uh, color palette when when she does illustration, and um, I thought that was like a really cool style, and it was like very different than the other covers, which was something mm -hmm. that I liked, and then. Um, Aaron, yeah, Aaron's cover is just, she said, do you want to, or they said, do you want to do it more um, um, 
realistic style or like more of a like cartoon style and we went uh realistic and i think um it turned out great the ghost hands on that are absolutely gorgeous yeah mm -hmm. i can yeah. see like a foil some type of a foil or an embossment on that at some point just to kind of have those three-dimensionally on the cover mm -hmm. yeah. yeah it's really beautiful so uh when when are you launching i believe i'm shooting for the 24th i'm i think we're gonna make it <laughs> i feel confident about saying it um <laughs> we're approved by kickstarter i'm just waiting nice. on some music for the video that's like the last thing <laughs> They are so pretty. They're so pretty. Um, yeah. Amanda yeah. C says in the chat, I can't get over how beautiful the pages are. I, I think the character work was really good, but the the world, when, when you pull back and the volcanoes and the, I, you know, asteroid meter or whatever, whatever hit, I was just, man, this is blowing me away. I have test prints. And one of the things I was excited to do with it is just to have like moments of just sort of like epic uh sleep shawnee yeah. says yay i was able to sign up to be notified for launch thank you shawnee <laughs> yes uh if, if you're new to this show we're gonna we're gonna tell you the most important thing is the explain yourself bump where will and i take credit for every backer from this moment until the end of the campaign will we get to take credit for every single backer nice from <laughs> number one to 390 500 a thousand whatever whatever it is we did it will we have arrived oh. <laughs> uh, one more thing i want to mention yeah aaron's cover uh, sorry mary popo says aaron's cover is chef's kiss and um yeah, their cover is really great. Um, it was really exciting to get back. Um, one more thing I want to mention about the uh, the Kickstarter is that um, the graphic designer who did the logo, uh, Lori Tan, um, I reached out to her to do some WPA style travel posters for the two planets that we visit in issue one. And I have a test print of that. Um, and it'll be as a basically oh, nice. a metal print like a metal poster print. And then we're also gonna do them as postcards that I hope you'll be able to mail if you wanted to, as if it was like a real a real postcard from a, a travel, like a, a vacation you went on. <laughs> no, that's, a, that's, that's awesome. super cool. I love those. Yeah. So um, I, I noticed you're in Fort Lauderdale, so I wanna say thank you. I mean, South Florida has a pretty darn good indie comic scene and i'm i'm always happy to meet somebody somebody that i haven't met on the scene i don't want to say new on the scene because i don't know but welcome um watch out there are some con men and shysters down here it's florida you know this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah but then there's some the great gators and the con men yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i'm uh i'm excited to be here ironically um our plan was to attend our first we, we we probably should have met you earlier but our plan was to attend our first convention uh in spring of 2020 and uh that didn't happen for obvious reasons <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah some some of those those shows got uh there, there was a lot less uh luckier shows that that month of that year huh yeah that's how Weird. yeah we had and like booked a table at supercon and everything and <laughs> Yeah, I did oh, not go to plan very much the Mike Havage's moment if, uh, from Avatar The Last <laughs> <Yeah. Avatar. laughs> 
Oh. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know about this, but I'm going to read it because even if it is a lie, I love hearing it. Um, D, Dr. Knight says that he talked to Tate of the amazing Eisner Award winning comic shop, Tate's Comics. Uh, and Tate, a while back, he mentioned Kevin Joseph as the king of indie comics in South Florida. It is BS. I don't believe it. Gosh darn it. Scream it. Say it to say it to the mountains. Let's let's make it. Uh, we're going to bring it into the universe. So, I'm going to uh, tell people on the street unprompted. <laughs> <laughs> that is that guerrilla marketing at its best. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Stop so, people like, hey, did you know? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the king of Indian so, comics in South Florida. Yeah. Definitely check out the the pre-launch page. Uh, give it give it that click. And on the twenty fourth, uh, if if it's live on the twenty fourth, jump on and uh, we will we'll talk about it next week again. Once we know it's live, we will uh, we'll remind people. But uh, we we have another book. Um, let's get let's race over to. Uh, oh, <laughs> what he did there. <laughs> uh, Max Axel and um, and the my eyes are going so bad and the Wild Circuit. You got it. Um, so this is you said it's a sixteen page one shot. How did this? I'm going to pull up the page, but how did this one come together for you guys? So uh, we've worked with Josh on two other books, uh, New Luminaries one and two, um, and that's our play on a superhero comic. And that was an idea that me and my two buddies from middle school, Alex and Mo, who are the other parts of Lucky 33, we've been tweaking and perfecting over years. That's one of those big ideas. Um, would it, would it, Cece, what did you call that? Maladaptive daydream? Yeah. Is that what you call that? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, I was like, noted. Somebody put in the, the chat what, so what that actually means. I'm not even going to guess, but I loved how oh, it sounded. Yeah. So it's a it's a symptom of ADHD, which it turns out that I have. That was part of my 2020 journey was learning that I had this. And uh, I learned about this symptom. Like I, I heard about it for the first time as an adult. And like maladaptive daydream is when you sort of like lost in your mind and you like create this, you know, environment that you live in. And I was like, okay, this is my personality. Like that's that is everything. <laughs> yeah. That's my that's my whole thing. Isn't that just being a writer? I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. So that was definitely Alex because uh, New Luminaries was his seed of an idea, and he would call me whenever an idea hit him and be like, "What about this?" I just this, and over years we put it together, ran into Josh, put out two issues, and we like to call that what ifing. Like, yeah. What ifing. yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, and. We, we did two issues and we were kind of, you know, chilling off that, detoxing. And mm -hmm. Alex was talking to somebody on Twitter. They have a band. They were kind of interested in getting together, doing a comic. And that fell through. But on one of our calls we had, uh, Josh was like, wouldn't it be great if someone paid us to do a comic? To do, like, make us do a comic? And all I heard was, let's do another comic. So <laughs> that's all yeah. I got out of it. I called Alex the next day, Mo the next day, and was like, uh, we have an opportunity. We've got to do this. Uh, I sat in a room for maybe uh, like three hours, came up with five ideas, five little one-line ideas of something I'd want to see in a one-shot. 
Mm -hmm. uh, Alex and Mo combined three of them into one. And oh, nice. it, it was really a from scratch. We wanted to uh, do racing. We kind of landed on racing because I want to do a Hydro Thunder comic. Josh had just done this awesome commission for F-Zero uh, for this person. Uh, Josh, do you want to talk about that? I was going to yeah. say, it's, it was kind of wild how like a lot of ideas came together at the same wild. time because uh, we do it every time. Um, I was, yeah, I was just coming off of, there's uh, the, the Nintendo game F-Zero with Captain Falcon. Um, and there's a, there's a Twitch player that, uh, or a Twitch streamer that um, is the world record record holder for like the fastest play of that game. And he commissioned me to do a poster for him to like commemorate. And so I've been doing a lot of high speed, you know, uh, F-Zero sci-fi racing stuff. And when they were like, maybe we could do a racing thing. It was just like the two ideas merged like so well. And like, I think it was like within a month we had like character designs and, and car designs down and like just pulling off of the craziest thing. And they had these two announcers um, in this, in like the rough scripts uh, that they sent me. And it was like, just these two guys, Roger and Richard talking. And, and when we were on a, on a, like a call talking about the project, I just started doodling these two guys and I, with a little B dude who like, I'm trying to remember, who did we say it was? George like, Carlin. It's George, George Carlin. Carlin in a bee costume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really off the wall. And then this dude who looks like Grimace, but he's actually like gel, like a, like a flubber, like gelatin <laughs> dude with a cowboy hat. And I just was doodling. And I was like, I think these are our announcers. <laughs> and it just, it was like, that really set the tone for just like the wackiness, the wacky races inspiration. Right. Like, let sure. nothing like be um uh, be <laughs> um, let nothing be like uh, untouched like let's go crazy let's like uh we have like a mysterious racer x inspired character uh similar to like speed racer and like we have lizard shark who is just like this weird amalgamation of like uh what was the inspiration for that one cory uh, the street sharks right like yeah, street sharks. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was, it was just like anything you can think of from like the 80s and 90s uh racing and and cartoons like i mean honestly 60s to 90s and uh and then that flavor just like exploded <laughs> and it just and it and uh, that's the comic uh, go back to the campaign yeah. can we play videos on here or you know we don't do the videos because this comes out as a podcast and what ends up happening with the video is the podcast listeners get 42 seconds of Er, 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 pop so we don't do the videos but um definitely we're going to tell everybody to go to the campaign watch the video uh i'm so, assuming it's super dope if you want people to watch it um the video is a one minute animation that josh animated nice okay nice. yeah it's talk it to people was, through the animation yeah yeah it, it's uh yeah it we um there's an anime movie out there called uh red line and I had seen it a few years ago and it, and it's basically like that same speed racer, but like through the lens of like Dragon Ball Z essentially, where it's just like crazy high octane action, but like with race cars. And, and so I just literally like, I've been getting more into like uh, 2d animation and really exploring that. And so I was like, why don't I just kind of throw together? Like I literally took stills from the comic and from concept art and use that in the animation. And, and it just, it, it really, came together and it was it was a lot of fun nice no that's very that's nice cool. i will definitely check it out after um 
what is the age range of this book? I, I could make it take a guess, but I wouldn't want to be wrong. We all want to try and do all ages, 100%. Yeah. Uh, there's cool. definitely, you know, humor and a snappiness uh, and energy that is all ages. It's not mm -hmm. super childish, but it's <laughs> something a kid could just flip through, look at the pictures and be entertained mm -hmm. 100%. Okay, I cool. See, but Kitty McKitterson said Redline is the best. So uh, we have another cat <laughs> on, the, on the pod today. Serendipity, man. Serendipity. Redline cool. is so good. Um, and so this is your 16 page. This is your one shot. Uh, you had, it sounds like you might have had a little fun making it. Is there Just any chance of <laughs> not necessarily a continuation, but can we see? other races uh in this world possibly in the future so long long-term plans we would love for characters from max axel to be included in our new luminaries universe uh so there's definitely plans to use them again but we were really excited to do a one-shot i mm -hmm. think it was one of those things going back to you know uh what we were talking about before about incrementally improving and we had this book that was this long form story and we just wanted to tackle uh one shot. It was just something exciting nice about story. that limitation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Josh made us all jealous. Him and his extremely close friend, Sam had just released uh mountain grove, which is this awesome Zelda uh, studio Ghibli one shot. And it drove me crazy. I was like, <laughs> I want that. Well, yeah, that was that was definitely something like the idea of a one shot was like coming off of like, like we said, like the new luminaries is like a superhero comic and superhero comics in general tend to have this like larger story arc approach. And and like so the appeal of just doing a one shot where it's like this is it, you, you know, like it's a it's a 30 minute TV show episode and that's it. And there's nothing else like that. That appeal is really strong when you're like when you're so tired from working on that big thing and you just want like some success <laughs> and that, that really, I don't know that those kinds of projects really help with that. Like, like you said, incrementally moving forward. I think when you put yourself in like, in a, like you give yourself restrictions, like it kind of, it can put you in a creative space. Yep. Mm -hmm. And also Definitely. you, if, if you're not, too worried about what what the characters have to do three issues from now you can do anything and that's mm -hmm. that's kind of fun in, in that way because you know if you're doing a long form series and you kill off a character and find out that that character is super popular oh crap well yeah yeah it is, it is comics it is comics yeah. but, but a one shot you can kill everybody um, you know? I'm so jealous. I can never do a one shot. Dark, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can never I do mean, it, man. I respect what was the, Thanks, man. Uh, because the interesting challenge was um, trying to find everyone their moment. Like, we have mm -hmm. all these fun, cool characters in 16 pages. Like, you know, going through the script, you're like, oh, this is actually, we're almost done. It was mm -hmm. funny writing eight pages and being like, oh, man, we're Halfway almost there. there. Yeah. So making sure everyone had their moment was um, something I'm really ha uh, happy that it played out because I think we did it. You guys can tell us if you read it, <laughs> if we did it or not. 
Well, we're certainly going to read it. I'm backing it right after the right after I watch the video right after because <laughs> I'm not leaving that page without watching that video all the way through, baby. Sixty seconds. That's all I have. <laughs> all right. So we've gone through each show. I have been drinking. I'm, I'm still on my my um, n- no liquor for 2023 so far. Un-whiskey. I was at Whole Foods and we saw unwhiskey. And so I thought I'd give myself, you know, something to celebrate. Well, plus joining, yeah, joining the Geek Collective. <laughs> if you want to know what unwhiskey tastes like, the most unlike whiskey any drink I've ever had in my entire life. It could not be more unwhiskey. <laughs> it could not be more unwhiskey. But it was seventeen dollars, and guess what? I am finishing this because seventeen dollars for this little bottle. But hey, you know what? It's worth it. Uh, it doesn't taste necessarily bad. It just doesn't taste anything like whiskey, and, and that is, yeah. So the mistake guys, is comparing it to whiskey. Would say it Otherwise, tastes it'd be like. great. Yeah. Yeah. God. Um. Like peach oh. snapple. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> right when he takes a drink. I thought you said pea snapple. <laughs> I'm realizing now you didn't say that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Just not like it. It's like they took. Um, oh man, I don't know. They just wow. put a, I'm on they the just edge put a little cayenne pepper in something to try to say it's hot like whiskey. I don't okay. know. Okay, a little spicy. Not is it bitter? Not sweet. It's not sweet. It's not, it's not sweet. sweet. Yeah. It's not terrible. It's just you couldn't it's find like anything else to drink. Just colored water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting here like you paid money. Water, Kevin. Water. <laughs> Hey, listen, I got to put it in my Cobra Kai shot glass. So I, I feel I feel like I'm drinking and I feel happy. Um, one thing that came up on Twitter, and Anthony, I know he wants to 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 get into this before we get out. We're gonna do this real quick. He put up uh I wanna I wanna hear your hot takes to get you, you know, the Flynn Rider, the swords in the face. And John Westoff, I'm putting it on him. Yeah. He said Shut he up might down. be right. He put, um, how did he put it? He said, writers get too much credit. In comics. And <laughs> I, I even said that. And I wrote, it was something like that. It was close yeah, enough. Yeah, it was close enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wrote back, you know, you know, F you, John, stupid. <laughs> and also, it's, it also is probably true. And so Anthony <laughs> asked me to explain myself. And, and this is explain yourself. So here's my thing. Uh, I believe writers in comics tend to get too much credit because there's one art one artist on this panel and one two three four five writers five out of six of us are writers Mm -hmm. we tend to be the mouthpieces we tend to be the marketers and so what tends to happen is you hear kevin joseph's tarp you hear will allred's crossover division um I would rather hear Kevin Joseph and Ludovic Saleh's tarp because I know in my bones, um, this, my book doesn't exist without Ludo. And in fact, I know that most of the elements that make tarp special and cool, Ludo was already doing before we met. I just found a story within his toolbox. Um, 
So that's what I mean. I think we get too much credit because I think sometimes people forget how extraordinarily important the artist is to making comics. I don't feel saying that diminishes the writer in any way at all. I think the writer's super important. I just think that speaking of Neil Gaiman Sandman, well, sure, he wrote all 75 issues and artist drew six. But when I think about the kindly ones, that Campbell. It, it, that that arc is so unique to anything else I've ever read in my entire life because they had this crazy art on it that was is extraordinary. And and I, I just think that we I don't want it to be like movies where the screenwriter is a piece of dog crap. Yeah. I don't want that. I I, I just don't want um the the artist to ever be forgotten in what is basically a visual medium that's all it is it is a visual medium here's my retort you kevin you are so nice explain yourself (laughs) you you are so nice you just admitted you were wrong (laughs) you know it's the unwind the unwind got to my head yeah man yeah man (laughs) you might yeah it's by saying the right, I mean, we what I said was why, why are you, why is it the writer gets too much credit instance? Why isn't the artist need, deserve more credit or teams can't get more credit? And it kind of speaks to what I was talking about earlier about the loser mentality. Um, well, I no, am a loser, but you don't have to bring it up. On you, no, that's not. <laughs> I am the king of South Florida indie comics, Anthony. Just because you're drinking cold whiskey does not make you loser. No. <laughs> And and it's just it's just like I, like I said it's a framing of things. I agree with you. I think the artist should get credit. Never in my life I'm going to say I ever get too much credit. It's not happening. The words are not now. <laughs> you know. So I I think it's I think it's just I, yeah I think it's just a framing of the argument. If you think artists yeah. should deserve equal credit, then say that. You know, don't say the artist the the writers getting too much credit. Man, in any comics. <laughs> like, cause I, cause I was like, I was like, what are you referring to specifically? You're like, you're talking about like Garth Ennis, you know, like boys, you talking about me and you got you guys. <laughs> no, not at all, man. No. So, so as, as I stated, and you can, we can agree to disagree on it. I still think it's tomato, tomato we to agree. say, um, <laughs> we agree. <laughs> we get too much credit or they need to get more. I think we're saying the same darn thing. We're just using different words. I don't actually think it's diminishing writers at all. Um, and I don't think you can go back and listen to the show. I'll never diminish any writer that isn't named Kevin Joseph. Absolutely. <laughs> because absolutely. that he thinks he's the king of South Florida indie comics. He needs to be taken <laughs> down a peg. I can't believe you'd say that about the king of South Florida yeah, indie that's comics. That's just a rumor I heard. I you, you said the opposite. You think up to me. Do you somebody think stopped me on the street and said Kevin uh, <laughs> or grad me. Do you think collar. this is a glass half full, half empty scenario where ultimately it's the same volume of liquid, liquid, but it's being presented in two different ways? Like that's why I would say that's that's basically my argument. Is it's the, it's the perception? I would say that I don't see that perception in this particular argument. I don't see glass half full, glass half empty. I just okay. I think it's tomato tomato. I really do. But I don't care because it's freaking nice. John Westhoff's stupid hot take, not mine. 
<laughs> you know what? Take it up with him. Bring it to his show, Anthony. Shouts out to John, man. I know. <laughs> no smoke with John, man. No, no. I, I loved having the conversation, and I'd rather have the conversation where we can talk than than Twitter anyway. But I think yeah, uh, let's let's just all get more readers so that everybody knows uh, Anthony's name and uh, DNS's initials because I don't even know his real name. But man, like I can draw. I know his real name. I know his real name. Um, <laughs> no, you know, Kevin. We we I don't know if we disagree a lot, but I feel like we're all we're always cordial. You know, I I need you nice guys in my corner because I can I get a lot of heat and I need you guys to be like, no, that guy's all right. Like, please. I, I got well, I know, got I got no problem, man. You know, it's it's funny because I feel like there's this pendulum that swings back and forth, you know, where, you know, writers get too much credit. Artists get too much credit. Right. And it just it, and it's. Yeah. Comics is a collaborative medium. Mm-hmm. I, as a writer, have to have an artist. Artists, whether they want to admit it or not, they need a writer, even if that writer's them, mm-hmm. they still have to have a writer. So comics take an artist and a writer yeah comics aren't paintings yeah sequential there you go there have to be there has to be a sequence of art or it's not comics and that's Mm -hmm. where the writing comes to yeah Mm -hmm. let me say real quick like the people told me it's a the the argument that it's a visual medium is kind of not it kind of shows that people don't understand because like yes it's a visual medium right but if i have a metaphor the the pen from watchmen right um, if I just show you that you don't understand the metaphor, that is makes sense in the framework of the narrative, which is constructed by the writer. That is visual storytelling. So even saying it's a visual medium kind of misunderstands what that means. Not that you said it. I know you know. Yeah. Shout out to Mo. Mo Deep says facts. <laughs> Both parts are equally needed. Yeah. <laughs> One fourth of lucky 33. Yeah. yeah. yeah i think that's an interesting way to put it i do know that when i when when i sit down to write a short story and when i sit down to write a comic script i'm using a slightly different part of my very minuscule brain (laughs) well you're using different tool sets too you still need beginning middle and end um but you're i i it's just you're you're kind of thinking about well you know cc you you said that you started this out as a novel and then you went into the script writing did did you find that you could just kind of go back to your maladaptive daydreams and and get it out or or did you have to think about it differently it was a really um a really interesting experience actually um because i worked on i i started the little tiny ideas that eventually grew and became Mythfall, I basically started that at around age 12. And then I worked on it mostly alone um, for like 20 years. And <laughs> then uh, then I found Allie and I, uh, I kind of relinquished control in a way. And I wanted to like, you'd think with all that time I would have like a lot of like demands maybe about like what I wanted things to look like and like mm-hmm. you know um but it's I kind of I tried to keep it more minimal because I wanted to give her the freedom to to put her own stamp on it and mm-hmm. um she is like a true co-creator with me 
So even though I'm Ooh. generating the story that is kind of directing where we're going to go, um, it's, I'm not alone in the car. <laughs> and, right, right. Yeah. And so like we, when we went through character designs and things like that, um, I, I gave her backstories and um, like any sort of like plot relevant information, like or, or world building relevant information that affected the way the characters look. And if she came back to me and she's like, you know, Hey, I added like these details to the character. Um, uh, I'm like, I want to, go with that. I want to adapt to what she's bringing me so mm -hmm. that it's like a, a back and forth, not just sort of like me giving her directions on what to do. So like one small example is that like, um, I have a lot of like anime influences. So mm -hmm. a lot of my, what I imagine for characters is a lot of like straight hair. Um, and, but Ali likes to draw curly hair. So I'm like, great where can we add yeah. curly hair? Like, <laughs> let's add curly hair all over the place. Like, <laughs> because, and, and because that is, um, you know, like part of, because this is not only my story anymore. It's now our story together and we're building mm -hmm. it together. Um, and um, she, she also like, when I think about world building for the novel, not all the world building was necessarily visual so like i knew you know like economic systems and like this is the religion and the, but like <laughs> just like exactly how stuff looked wasn't always necessarily defined because in a in prose you don't you're not always going to see every little detail um mm -hmm. if it's not directly relevant to the plot but in a comic if you enter a room you see the whole room or at least the part of the room you can see in the frame and mm -hmm. so there's all these little details um that Ali has added into panels, into the background. Um, and then we work together to define like um, the clothing styles for each of the cultures. Like, like I told her like, this is, this is like what this one's about. And she's like, okay, I, they do this like repeating pattern of little moons because of this thing you told me about, you know, like they, they follow <laughs> oh, the eclipses. Awesome. Yeah. And so like, I bring her like, okay, like, here's the stuff I want. And she's like, cool, this is how it looks. And um, it's, yeah, to, to say that, like, you know, it it's just me really leaves out an incredible contribution that, that she's providing. Whereas like, at, in prose, I'm actually responsible for the visuals and the story, because the only visuals that exist are the ones that I write. Whereas mm -hmm. I'm, um, really collaborating with her almost like being in a band <laughs> where mm -hmm. and i think there's i think that it's almost like we have a tendency to kind of flatten uh uh like i don't i'm i mean i'm not referring to myself here necessarily but just like when you look at high profile achievements like flattening quote unquote genius down to like one person and it's almost always a, a group effort but it's hard to hold all that in your mind at once you want to like no it was this guy he did it and you can see it even with like people trying to figure out like who was the best Beatle or like who's the best member of a band. And that's sort of how I feel about comics where it's like, uh, you know, maybe I'm writing the lyrics, but you know, without the sweet guitar lyrics that Ali's providing, <laughs> we don't have like our killer single. <laughs> well, that is such a great point about the flattening it down to one person. That is yeah. absolutely yeah. brilliant. Also, is there visual storytelling in novels? I feel like. Yes. Not well. You, if you want some novels, you really don't know how anything looks. 
when some writers mm. get really into describing what you see. Uh, but the only stuff that you can see in a novel is what the author did. But it's not visual storytelling the way a comic is at all. <laughs> it's I just was making a, a point. But yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I have a, I have a question for the, for the writers. Sorry, Josh, I'm going to leave you out. You're, you're a yeah. wonderful artist. We'll bring artist you back in and, in a second, buddy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just, just, just going to mute him in case he tries to be part of this. <laughs> All that talk about writers getting too much credit. We just put it <laughs> <laughs> put, those, put those artists in their place because he right? hasn't uh, written a dang thing <laughs> um I'm, I'm curious about um i mean i so so kevin and i have actually collaborated on a script so i i have a good sense of how kevin writes and i think he has a, a pretty good sense of how yeah exactly um you know you you both come at this from a script writing standpoint which is totally different from where i come to it so i'm, I'm really interested in the mechanics of your scripting. I mean, are you stripped down, you know, bare bones descriptions? Is it a Neil Gaiman letter to your artist? Or is it an Alan Moore, here's four pages to describe this panel? Uh, <laughs> Definitely not so, the Alan Moore thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think uh, the theme is uh, CC does publishing wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my technique is like basically just rewriting it about a dozen times. <laughs> as, as long but as you I, know I when to stop, dialogue. that's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I start with dialogue. And um, the thing, one of the things that I love the most about Ali's art is that her she's really expressive. Like her fa facial expressions are um, really I, I don't know what to say other than expressive, which is what I just said. I'm a writer. <laughs> <laughs> I do the words. <laughs> Um, but yeah, she, her, her characters are so expressive. Um, and, um, I start with the dialogue and that is one of the things that, um, is very helpful to her is to have the dialogue and then to base the expressions around the dialogue. So that's the way that we work together. And then I, you know, I try not to be a complete hack and include some panel descriptions. <laughs> how, how do you do it? How do you do it, Anthony? Do you do full script? I write a, I write a screenplay. Oh, okay. And then... I add do the panel breakdown, um, and then when I when I know what I want, like when I when I brought up the it turns into a sketch page, I'll add the details. Still not Alan Moore esque, but I'll add the details, <laughs> and then I really try to lean on references, like reference images. Gotcha. Cool. Well, that's how, cool. How did how did the 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 race come together? Because it sounds like a huge team of people sitting yeah. around just having a blast. So so let's. Let's do that. You, you can come back in, Josh, now. We'll allow you. <laughs> I mean, if that's fine. By the way, I did see a consensus in the comment, comments that the video is very cool. So <laughs> now oh, I'm awesome. curious. Awesome. Uh, no, it's funny because this conversation, like I'm part of a three to four person writing team where like two or three of us do the writing, one or two of us do the editing on any one scene, page, line, whatever it is. But, um, you know, this is only my third comic. This is another thing uh, we picked up during the pandemic. It's something we wanted to do for over uh, 10 years, 15 years, but only finally got to because we got an artist. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so Josh has actually raised us 
you know, the first couple scripts uh, we gave him were, you know, easily 80 pages of art. And he was like, hey, guys, yeah, you got to help me out over here. So we, we learned editing. Like uh, the first couple of scripts we passed him were definitely not panel broken down. He was like, hey, how about it you was break prose, those down? Essentially. Yes. Like, prose with a little bit of screenplay attitude. But like <laughs> it, it really like it was it was tough. Like we actually had to talk about it. It was like can you guys please try paneling these out for me? Because <laughs> for the first book we did, I did it myself and, and I, it was, I can do it and it's fine, but it was like, it's not my vision. I want you he guys let to it try slide. to tackle it. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, what, why don't you guys handle that? And, <laughs> and we'll then see the what second happens. time he was like, you could do it more descriptively. Like, so, so now we're, we're writing with medium shot, close shot, you know, as descriptive mm -hmm. as possible. Um, and then, and then, so he can riff. So he can mm -hmm. worry about like, oh, actually, you guys said this, but what if I spun it this way? And it's always good. Like always when we meet him as as much as we can, he's like, oh, I see what you were trying to do. But wouldn't it be fun if we did this? Like allowing him the most room to not worry about the heavy lifting has been really re rewarding. That's yeah. that's really cool. I mean, that's. Uh, speaking speaking yeah. from my experience, yeah, Sorry. Josh taught Shiny them to learn says. by doing. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, one of the things that that I my first comic, I I called the shots and I laid out the panel pages and I was like, whoa! I finally learned that no, I, I shouldn't be doing that. So I pulled back and I'm I'm really. I mean, would you say, Kevin, that it's pretty sparse? I mean, you know, we're we're talking almost Hemingway esque. You know, as far yeah, as I think I'm I'm I more think... I'm more long-winded in my description than than you are. I'm definitely that Neil Gaiman letter to the artist kind of mm -hmm. entertain the artist while they're reading the script so that they're hopefully having fun and excited to get to the next page. So yeah, I'm a little bit more like you know I'm hey and then but I'm also more like I think maybe it could be like this, but it could also be like this or this. Yeah unless you have a better idea, you know? So it's, I think I, I'm, my, my descriptions are probably twice as long as yours. Um, but, you know. We it, also have a crazy luxury of talking once a week. So yeah, anything like we, not covered in the script, In the same like, hey. language, yeah, by yeah. the way. Yeah. My, my artist is French and uh, you've got uh, a, a French artist, an Italian artist, uh, what, yeah. South American? <laughs> We're yep. even How? in the same time zone. Wow. <laughs> we're not close, but we're in the same time zone. It helps. Yeah, it does help. Uh, although I got to go to bed. I'm sorry. You told us. How, no worries. You have a great night. It's good to talk you to you guys. Thanks for hanging. Projects look great. Now that you're gone, we're going to do nothing but shit on writers the rest <laughs> of the night. I know that's what you want to do. I know it. I know. Yeah. It. <laughs> all right, Josh, you're going to have to listen to the podcast to find out. Yeah, well, good night. Good night. Mike. Good night. <laughs> um, no, I've got Shawnee did put up one one question earlier. Um, she says that she agrees that um, successful comics require both parts. Uh, but to play devil's advocate, Kevin, what about Morte? So I wrote um, a one shot that SourcePoint Press put out called Morte, which is a day in the life of the last man on earth. And it has one single word in it. I didn't write that word. <laughs> Plot twist. I wrote a completely silent comic 
um, because I was to the eighth page of the story as I was writing it out and be putting out the beats and I character hadn't said anything. And there's a reason he didn't say anything because he's the last man on earth. Who is he <laughs> going to say anything to? And I thought, okay, cool. I'm a third of the way through this story. Let's see if I have the chops to write a completely silent comic. Mm -hmm. So I got to the 24 pages and I, I reached out to David Bishop who, um, does this amazingly beautiful, I call it my very favorite Hulk story ever called Of Stone. It does not have a Hulk. It, it's not a Hulk comic. He's a, he's a troll and it's just a, this gorgeous, beautiful piece that David writes and, and illustrates. And I, I sent it to him and he liked the script and he wanted to, to illustrate it. Well, about halfway to two thirds of the way through the story, there was a super important moment that just had to hit. It had to be for, for this piece to work, that moment had to hit. And I gave David like four options of what it could be. And he wrote back, I think he should talk. <laughs> and I was like, well, we're the only marketing for this insane story is that it's silent. <laughs> <laughs> And then I thought about it and I'm like, yeah. I mean, yeah. when the artist tells you there should be a line. That's the thing. <laughs> I, and and I, I just realized he's right. That that is the diff that's the thing that makes this moment that big. Mm -hmm. You know, you're you're 18 pages in a 24-page comic. You probably you might not have even realized it's silent until he speaks. So I said, I think you're right. And he goes, I know what he needs to say. <laughs> Dang. I wrote a comic <laughs> that has one word in it. I didn't decide to have the word in it and the artist wrote it. So and that's um, why you're the king of that is <laughs> And I wish Anthony were still on. I wrote that comic. Yes, I wrote it. I wrote the shit out of that comic. <laughs> Just because there isn't dialogue or narration, I don't. And and I laugh when people say I didn't do anything. I'm like, yeah, I didn't. It's all David. You know, like I go with the joke. But, you know, like. The I, artist wrote one word. He has the one word that yeah. made it into the book. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It, just, it just happened that he got past the editor and I didn't. Um, but it, it, huge collaboration because you know, that it doesn't work without the artist absolutely nailing mm -hmm. what I hope to achieve with the piece, which by the way, I'm going to brag. And as king of South Florida Indie Comics, I can do so. <laughs> I did let Mark Wade read it. And the next day he said, it's a solid piece. Nice. 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 <laughs> if that's what you hear from Mark Wade. And, and then he put the crown on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've, I've talked a lot about death today, but when I have a gravestone and it says it was a solid piece, Mark Wade, uh, you guys know why. So let's do uh, another round of 30 second pitches. I've kept you guys up uh, long enough. Um, uh, I'm going to do it for Anthony. Um, uh, Book to do. Intrusive thoughts are about a, uh, uh, an orphan who has uh, sleep paralysis, and one night it seems that his the demon that he sees bites someone 
around him. So are his thoughts coming to life? Is this something existential in the kid's brain? I don't know because I haven't finished it, but it certainly was a very cool first six to eight pages that I read. Uh, like I said earlier, DNS is one of my favorite artists, especially in the horror genre. So check out in Intrusive Thoughts. One thing I will say, we, we missed that guy. Charlie Stickney was going to try to make it tonight, but something came up that um, he just couldn't make it. He, he reached out. I want to tell everybody Glarian, uh, Short and Deadly, it's a hardcover collection, is out. Charlie is uh, just about the best guy in comics. Is If there is a king of indie comics, it <laughs> might be Charlie Stickney. But not um, a South Florida. <laughs> not a South Florida, no, no. Um, but um, check it out. White Ash is, is one of my favorite indie comics out there, and uh, Glarian is the... the the prelude to White Ash, and it's certainly he, he said White Ash is PG thirteen characters in an R rated world, and Glarian is his hard R rated character in that world. So you get a little bit more blood and a little bit more other things um, <laughs> of, of more adult natures. But um, because Charlie's such a good writer, it it never feels exploitative. Um, so check out Glarian. And uh, Mythfall is in pre-launch. Let's, let's remind everybody what Mythfall is. Mythfall is a fantasy epic in space. It follows uh, alien bureaucrat Malcolm Terasmus as he prevents, uh, tries to prevent war from breaking out on the planet uh, that he's responsible for. Uh, but he doesn't know that his foe is from uh, an ancient age of magic. Beautiful. All right. And our 16-page one-shot. Let's talk about Max mm -hmm. Axel and the Wild Circuit one last time. Josh, do it. Yeah, I'll, say, I'll take this one. Uh, so Max Axel and the Wild Circuit, like you said, 16-page one-shot, uh, high-octane energy of uh, an all-ages comic uh, that follows uh, not only Max Axel, uh, but a bunch of different racers through what is literally the Wild Circuit, through deserts and underwater and through forests. And uh, and it's it's narrated by Roger and Richard, uh, a couple of wacky um narrators and uh and it's just full of wild antics and from beginning to end it's just a lot of fun awesome all right will and i do like to joke that this is where it goes off the rails it's going to really <laughs> go off the rails because we no longer have the banners from old shows to help us that's will. true but I, i've got a list for right here <laughs> uh, let's, let's, i'm gonna let will take take it over then what's still what is still alive well, we have uh, Rancidville and Odious Inn. Uh, John John Eddingfield II uh, is uh, a good friend, and he's got his third and final issue of Rancidville, where you have some uh, an orphan moves to uh, to a town and befriends some other teens, and together they uh, solve a mystery that involves uh, murder, I believe. And murder in a, in a in a dirty town council. Councilman. I yep. Mm -hmm. I, I read, I read issue one and I've been waiting for the whole thing to, to get back into it, which is if if you hear John is doing a campaign, then you know that Ryan Kerboth is also doing a campaign. <laughs> Sunmaker is also finishing up. That's a, a, a frozen cold world. There's a, a group of kind of little blue elvish, maybe evil guys. I, I don't know if they're good, bad, or indifferent, but they're certainly the uh, antagonist of the first issue. Just like Ransomville, I read issue one, and I was like, there's only three issues. I'm waiting. 
Um, Ryan is the artist of this. It's really cool artwork. Um, the um, Basically, the Sunmaker is a group of people that can bring heat and fire to this world of cold. And uh, the protagonist has to decide whether he should actually do that when he gets into that adventure. And uh, both great guys, great comics. Check those out. Um, and, and Ryan is also the colorist for the series crossover division, which I uh, am very much invested in. <laughs> well, after, after, after we finish this, you might want to show some uh, yeah. uh, metal covers once we finish this. Yeah. Well, I don't know about your uh, page, but I see Blazing Blade of Frankenstein, um, Clay Adams and Kyle Roberts. It yep. is a two public domain characters. I think you've heard of Frankenstein. Um, if you haven't, I mean, open your eyes, people. But yeah. the Blazing World, it, it predates it by about 300 years. Apparently, this was uh, speculative fiction from like the 1600s of a portal in um, the, near the North Pole. And uh, Clay just decided, let's throw a Frankenstein into that portal and see what happens. Uh, and Kyle Roberts is just a great artist and definitely worth checking out. Absolutely. Uh, we have... Uh... By uh, totally Kevin Joseph, sorry, uh, by Matt Sorcier, uh, The Misadventures of Buddy and Friend. Uh, Matt is a, a great friend of the show, and she is, uh, she's actually a, a unicorn. She is the writer, the artist, the colorist, the letterer. I think she prints them in her own room. <laughs> and she actually draws every issue individually. Yeah. She hand delivers them. Oh, she hand delivers them exactly. Yeah. Uh, but Matta is awesome. Uh, it's a it's a series that is very much different from her Sacrimony series. Uh, I think the the tagline for this is it's a as if a D and D campaign is ongoing and every character always rolls a one. Yeah. So just <laughs> super fun and uh, definitely like high school and up type humor you know it, yeah. it has it has kind of steven universe looking art that she decided to do but but she wanted to definitely get into some darker stuff so if you're if you're if you're ordering for the kids i would go with max axel if you <laughs> want to hold on to one for five to ten years from now <laughs> then get buddy um, yeah all right and then we have uh the crime busters uh Number five, you can get one through five. It's Supernatural Mystery Adventure. Uh, it's got some really cool stuff going on with some, I think he brought in like one Golden Age character and it's got mm -hmm. kind of, you can see the Archie influence uh, like in the Dan DiCarlo designs. But uh, it's- Like Nancy Drew too, yeah. influence, mm -hmm. yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, really cool. And this is the first issue that he didn't draw himself. He did. He drew, wrote and drew the first four issues and yeah. he finally decided that uh, he needed this uh, series to end before 2000, uh, 20, 2080. And, uh, <laughs> so he, he got in an artist, uh, super cool, ultra, uh, variant colors covers too. Yes. If you check out the page, cause he's got two different versions of variants. Um, awakening, which is a star Trek inspired sci-fi comic. It's a one shot. Um, I just check out the page. I'm, I, that's really all you need to know about it. It's a one shot. It's kind of, wouldn't say it's a fan film of Star Trek because I wouldn't want him to get sued, but um, <laughs> look at the page and, and choose for yourself. But I'd say if you enjoy Star Trek, check out that campaign. Yeah. And then we have uh, Sheldor, the Defender. Um, obviously, 
I like dogs. Uh, that's our <laughs> that's our Basset Hound, Otis. Oh, um, this might be my cue, actually. <laughs> I have a couple of dogs sitting around here. Ah. Dogs are allowed on the show, just like cats. Absolutely, it's, yeah. Dogs and cats can live together on this show. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Sheldor is about uh, a, uh, about the uh, a dog that is training oh uh, the new puppy in the house. You know about. Uh, defending their their people from you know the teddy bear that was left out in the back or the mailman and things like that it's a uh, a really fun looking little book and one of the rewards i think it's out i think they sold out of all the rewards you could have your dog drawn in mm -hmm. and you would get to approve the dialogue of your dog it was a really cool reward level oh, so, that uh, is really cool yeah and and who is this who is this this is luke his sister Leica is around here somewhere. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So proper, so nice. Just like... <laughs> yeah, it's, I can goof it for you, uh, Shawnee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so here, here's a, a tip of the trade before we, we uh, finish this out. I did learn this this week. I don't know how I accidentally linked my Instagram to Tart's uh, Facebook page, but I like it because I just use Instagram for you know, art, art stuff. So it worked fine. And I don't really do much on Instagram. So it's fine. But I put up our new puppy that we got last week on Instagram. And it, I didn't realize till like three days later, it was going to the Facebook page. Um, That's a my, feature actually. Yeah. <laughs> it is now uh, my page got 800% more views in the week since <laughs> I started putting my puppy on Instagram. So I think, <laughs> I think I'm going to ride that. I think I'm going to ride that. And, Ride that wave. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's going to be beautiful Ludo art. Crazy. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I did a little uh, Twitch streaming for a while uh, during the, the Panini. And uh, <laughs> these guys are, I think, more popular than me. <laughs> oh, wait. oh wait. that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, we've got a few, um, uh, a few other campaigns to mention uh our buddy mick byers who's actually out at i believe Nuga with uh, clay and rob uh, mm -hmm. clay adams and rob multari this weekend he just launched a uh, queen of mars number three which is his kind of adaptation of the public domain stuff that's still public domain of the john carter of mars books so mm -hmm. uh, definitely check that one out and then uh somebody again who uh is maybe you know the letterer on crossover division uh also a great writer uh, and uh, designer is uh publishing in the land of the dragon uh number two that's from last ember press uh, it really is a Back nice looking book mm -hmm. yeah and then uh, uh go 44 ahead. hours becca boo and the bimbo ghost our buddy um that does um oh god uh, what's Oh, I blinked on the horror he does. Uh, Garth Mathams does the, my favorite horror that I can't Which Creek? Which Creek, Which Creek Road? Creek Road. Uh, this is certainly a little more. Um, well, okay. her name's Becca Boo and the Bimbo, so um, <laughs> mo more adult in in the art, and uh, you know the covers are a little more risque than what he usually does. But Garth always brings a story to the table, yeah. so I'm not too worried about it just being those things. But hey, it's Kickstarter, and that's a good way to sell more comics. And I'm not going to tell anybody not to make money. <laughs> yep, last one, uh, because it's a day that ends in Y. Uh, our friends, Cat, 
Calamia <laughs> and Phil Falco have a Kickstarter running. I don't know how they do it, but they do, and they do it well. Uh, they've got Hairology, a celebration of hair. Yeah, uh, which I, is. Go ahead. I thought I was cool when I got Mark Wade to read my comic. They got Gail Simone to write a forward. <gasps> yeah. What? Yes. Yes. Like, I mean, that is talk about royalty. That yeah. is royalty. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it's a, it, it's gonna be a really cool anthology, and we're super super psyched to see it. Uh, there's amazing stuff out there. Ron Randall has another trucker. Yeah, uh, exactly. hardcover coming out. Brian Hawkins just uh, did American. My phone in the American Kingdom number three or two, two or three. Yeah, three? our buddy Pat Shan just Cerulean Dreams yeah. just uh, ended successfully. John Westoff, Drum Six. There's so much on Kickstarter right now. Give all this stuff a look. There's great books, and uh, everybody that was in the chat, man, we we appreciate. Yeah. Thanks you're for coming in and making yeah. the show better with your questions and comments. And uh, we really appreciate it. This is our first show kind of in the geek collective water. I, I like, I liked it. Joey keeps the water nice and warm. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that your metal cover? Yeah. Oh, the Can metal you... one is oh, right Yeah. Here. I would like to see a metal cover in action. <gasps> okay. How does the comic open? I have so many questions about this. <laughs> So well, you have there... you you actually have to open it. It does. Yeah, not yeah, open yeah. It, so. <laughs> it's it's the, uh, cover metal. What? Uh, so, <laughs> what happens? The inside cover. It, this is the metal cover is glued on the front, so it's not a complete wraparound. Mm -hmm. um, so this is just normal stuff on the back here, mm. and then here's the cover. And the and like I was telling everybody else, um, the first thing my wife said is somebody's going to poke their eye out with that. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but uh, this, as long as they have the other eye to read it, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this this amazing cover uh, is by Mog Park, so it's uh it's one of the variants that we had for Crossword Division Four, which came How in Not two days ago. <laughs> I don't know, but there yes. it is. So at least <laughs> the the answer to how does the spine not break from the weight. I'm going to say is these books are almost never taken out of the bag and board that they are sent with. Yeah. Uh, almost everybody buys the regular cover and then the metal and they, they read the regular cover is, is in, in, in actuality how the books go. And you know what, as the creator, I don't want your book to be ruined, but if you do ruin it and you would like to buy a second one, I will sell it to you. <laughs> Absolutely. Go for it. <laughs> but uh, actually, right. that's that's yeah. my first metal cover, so I'm I'm really pleased with how it turned out. And uh, cool. uh, Comic Impressions uh, has been my printer for all four issues of Crossover Division, so a shout-out to them for always doing some really spectacular work for me. Agreed. And uh, I think that's about it. Thanks for showing up, everyone. Yeah, it was um, a fabulous, <laughs> fabulous talk tonight. Thank you guys uh, that are yeah. still here, and thank you, Anthony, for, for mm -hmm. coming. And uh, you know what? He's at the end of his 25 days, and Cece, you're a week out from starting your 25 <laughs> days. So this is yeah. your warm-up. So. And we got like 11 days 80%. left. So yeah. Yeah, you guys are right in the middle. <laughs> you got 11 days left. You're funded, but there's nothing wrong with um, adding to that total and moving forward. And, uh, like, I'm about to hit in broadcast, and we're going to talk for two or three minutes, and then I'm going to watch video.
Yeah. <laughs> and I recommend everybody who's listened to the podcast, to the, if, if you hear it in this next 11 days, Max Axel and the Wild Circuit, watch that video. Good night, everybody. Good night, Good night everyone. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Human Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now